My friends, the Labor Department reported Friday that U.S. employers added 528,000 jobs in July. That's more than twice the number analysts had expected. And the rate of unemployment dipped to just 3.5%. Undeniably good news. But this good news also means the Federal Reserve will almost certainly keep raising interest rates, believing the job market is now too tight. This is not good news. And the Fed is wrong. The job market is not too tight. In fact, the share of Americans working or actively looking for work fell in July to its lowest level of the year, presumably because fewer people believe it financially worthwhile to work. And presumably this is because of, number one, the rising costs and hassles of child care and elder care, and two, the continuing drop in inflation-adjusted wages. Wages are rising at an annual rate of 5.2%, but here's the thing. Inflation is rising at over 9%. In other words, the pay of most workers continues to plummet, adjusted for inflation. You'd think that the stall in the size of the workforce and the decline in inflation-adjusted wages might cause the Fed to hit the pause button on further interest rate increases. But the Fed is still wedded to the anachronistic view that a so-called tight jobs market is pushing prices upward. Well, that's rubbish. The real inflationary culprits are global supply constraints and big corporations with the power to raise prices. So beware, the Fed is likely to continue to raise rates when it meets in September. This means middle and lower income Americans will be hit with the two simultaneous shocks of not just a shrinking paycheck, which they're now enduring, but also a slowing economy in which they are likely to be the first to lose hours and jobs. Lower income families have less room to, uh, to cut back spending because such a large portion of their budgets is already devoted to food and housing. Many are taking on more credit card debt, which is also becoming more expensive as the Fed raises interest rates. Yes, overall consumer spending is still going gangbusters, but most of it is coming from the upper middle class. The top 40% of the income distribution now accounts for around 60% of spending. The bottom 40%, about 22%. As the Fed slows the economy, the bottom 40% is getting squeezed even more. And yes, job growth is still going gangbusters, but the sheer number of jobs is not a sufficient measure of the strength of the economy, especially when the real rate wages attached to so many of these jobs are dropping. Look, it's no feat to create an abundance of low-wage jobs. Inequality in America is already out of control. Why worsen it? In the first three decades after World War II, America produced the largest middle class the world had ever seen. Most jobs continue to pay more and more. Almost all Americans were on an upward escalator. But for the last three decades, the middle class has been shrinking, and only the classes surrounding it have been growing, the have-mores and the have-lesses. For the last three decades, the have-lesses, most of whom don't have college degrees and are paid in hourly wages, have been in a slow-motion recession. If they're white and without college degrees, they've been losing ground fastest of all. 
Adjusted for inflation, their pay and benefits today are lower than they were in 1990. They also have less job security. In 2016, they formed the core of Donald Trump's base and are still among his most ardent supporters. The biggest threat to our economy and society is no longer inflation or recession per se. The biggest threat is a large and growing class of have-lesses, slammed by the double whammy of a slowing economy and declining real wages. We must not harm them further by taming inflation on their backs.